All right. Uh, on your C, or at least they, I think they handed them out, there are some index cards, okay? Some index cards and a pin. So everyone needs one index card and everyone needs a pin. Uh, so if you don't have one of those, can you raise your hand so we can get one to you? Um, okay, uh, Tyler needs something. Um, uh, here is what we are going to start with. On your index card, on the far left, can you uh, write down, you can skip a line, but I want you to write down one through five, right? So one, two, three, four, five, um, almost like you're gonna make a list. And so you, you can skip um, every other row so that way you have some space to write stuff underneath it. Um, if your pen's not working, uh, you can scratch on the back because we don't need the back of it at all. Um, if you have one of the Discover pins, it's possible that there's a little thing on the end of it um, because they're brand new. So um, yeah, you just flick that off. Um, that's it. So here is what I want you to do. On your uh, index card, uh, you've written down one, two, three, four, five, like you're making a list, right? And then here is what I want you uh, to make a list of. It's not a rank, so it's not like number one's the most important, so don't worry about that. Um, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to write minimum of three, max of five things that you would say that you're really good at. Things that you're good at and things that you enjoy. It's not just like, hey, I'm good at math, but it's like, hey, I, en I enjoy um, doing this and I'm really good at it. If it's sinful, please don't put it down there. If it's sinful, illegal, anything like that, don't do that. But just think of what are five things that you enjoy, you're passionate about, and you're good at. Or maybe not even things that you're good at. You can even think of other things like things that you would use to describe yourself. And, and like that are unique to you, okay? So don't put like, I'm a brother or a son or an uncle or a nephew, like, like things that you are like, I am like this. Uh, let's do the first slide. Um, this was mine. So how five things that I would use to describe myself is I'm optimistic, you know, I'm genuinely an optimist about stuff. I'm a, I would say a decent public speaker. I would say that's a gift that God's given me. So it's like, I'm not uh, afraid of talking in front of people. Um, I would say I'm smart. You know, I'm a good learner. I retain information really well. Um, I'm good at cooking. You know, I am, I'm not just good at it, but I really enjoy it. I'm the primary cook in our home. And the last thing I was like, I don't know how to describe this, but I was like, just extra, you know? Like, if there is a spectrum of, like, I'm introverted versus extroverted, if there is, like, I'm quiet and reserved versus, like, extra and loud, I would say I'm extra and loud. So those are the five things that I want you to have on your thing. Try to get at least three, but if you have five, that's awesome. Um, what are some things, you don't have to go through all of them, but what are some things that you have on your list? Derek, what you got? Fishing? You're good at fishing? Let's do it. Tristan. Nope. That's, that's not unique. Yeah. So think about, can you, I'm so sorry. Could you go back to the other one? It's, some of these are like naturally inherent to you. But let's take this seriously, okay? What are some things that you are passionate about and you're good at? Or things that you have, you know, skill at? Um, what about over here? Fixing cars, mechanic stuff. Yeah, Braden? Playing soccer. playing soccer. Awesome. Also playing soccer? Yeah. 
That's okay. So here's the, here's the cool thing. It's okay to have a couple things that are on someone else's list, but here's the reason why I start here. You may have one or two things in common with someone else, but no one's list is the exact same as someone else's list. Not a single person's list is the exact same as someone else's list. Like, we, we are all different. We're all different. We all have different giftings. We all have different passions. We have different dreams and different goals. Like, what could be a, a skill, like mine is cooking, um, that may not be something that anyone else thought of, of like, yeah, cooking is not a thing that I would inherently think of, like that I'm just really good at it or really enjoy. And so whatever you have on your list, all of these things are really good things. Like, you know, I wouldn't want it on your list, but like breathing, that is a good thing, right? Uh, playing soccer is a good thing. Being uh, decent at mechanic stuff is a good thing. But here's what I want you to remember. That these good things can be bad things when they become ultimate things. Good things become bad things when they become ultimate things. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a second, but when I, when I, why we are starting here is because in this series, like I'm only human that we're finishing tonight, um, we have talked about the three basic needs that we have outside of like food, water, shelter, right? So the first week we talked about how we have, as a, just a human, we, as humans, we have the need for belonging, right? We're asking the question, am I loved? Do I belong here? Do I fit in here? Will people accept me uh, just in, in general? Or do I have to perform to earn someone's love? And so we said, as a ministry, like you are loved by us. You can belong here before you believe like us or behave like us. But most importantly, you are loved by God and God wants you to have a relationship with him. There is no other place that matters more in belonging than with Jesus. So belonging was the first week, and then last week we talked about identity. Identity meaning like we're asking the question, who am I? Like what defines me? Why, you know, like who is the one that says, or what is the thing that says this is who you are? Either we will trust what we do or a family we were born to or the things that we have achieved as where we find our identity, or we can trust what God has done. We can trust what God says about us because ultimately what defines you is either something that will last only like 70 years max or it can be like what God says and that's forever. So identity being like, hey, are we gonna trust what God has done, what God says about us or are we going to trust what we do? But we have one last need and that's where we are finishing up tonight uh, because yes, it's cool to know that you're loved. It's cool to know that you belong. Um, it's cool to know that God has died for you. You know, it's cool to, to have your identity placed in like, hey, this is who Jesus says I am. This is, this is who I am because of what Jesus has done. But all of us will still ask this question or, or something like these questions. Why am I here? Like, like, why am I different than everyone else? That's cool. God loves me. I belong with God. My identity is in Christ, but what do I do now? Why am I here? And so uh, this is going to be the big idea for tonight. This is what I want you to take away. This is what I want you to remember 
forever and ever and ever. I want you to know how God has gifted you and to use those gifts for his glory. Every single one of us. I want all of us to know how God has gifted you and then use those gifts for his glory. So this implies doing the research or finding out what is God, like how has God gifted me and then how do I use those things for his glory. Glory, And we're going to see this um, in one of my favorite books of the Bible. Um, so we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. So if you have one of the light blue Bibles, it'll be on page 740. If you have one of the half white, half blue Bibles, it'll be on page 830. Okay? Uh, 1 Peter is in the New Testament. It's, it's really towards the end. It's, it's super close to the very end. So if you go to like start Revelation, go backwards, you're right there. Um, but First Peter um, is written by like the Apostle Peter. He was one of the disciples. He he started. He helped start the whole church thing um, after Jesus had ascended. And Peter is writing to Christians and saying, "Hey, I know right now it's hard." So back in the day, like it wasn't the cool thing to be a Christian. It wasn't the trendy thing to be a Christian. They would be kicked out of social circles. They would be made fun of. They they just wouldn't fit in. Eventually, a couple years after this was written, uh, you would die for being a Christian. So this is who Peter is writing to, is to Christians who are under like persecution. And what the whole first half of the, the book is all about is uh, God reminding his people their identity. It's God saying, you are chosen people by God. Hey, you are saved by God. And, and it's continuing to be like, hey, be faithful. Stay, stay with it. Like, keep going. I know it hurts. Keep going. And then the whole rest of the book is all about, then how do you do that? Very simple, very straightforward, very uh, practical, tangible ways on how we live this Christian life out. And so then uh, chapter four is where we're going to start. And I'm just going to kind of read through verses one through six. Um, and this is what it says. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have uh, finished with sin. You, don't, uh, you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires. Again, he's talking to Christians. He's saying, hey, you guys aren't going to spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. You have had enough in the past of evil things that godless people enjoy. Their immorality and lust, their feasting their, and drunkenness and wild parties and terrible worship of idols. Uh, and I'm going to stop there for a second. So it's saying, hey, like people who don't know Jesus, they act like they don't know Jesus. And this is just uh, some examples of being like, hey, like people who, who are lost, sinners who have not been forgiven by Jesus, act like that. But this is going to give a specific example of like, okay, but what about you who then now has started to follow Jesus? Verse 4 says, of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. But remember uh, that they will have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both living and the dead. That is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So, although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the Spirit. So, God just being like, hey, the ultimate goal is not about the wild parties, not everything like that. It's being faithful, following Jesus. 
It, that's the whole good news is that Jesus has died for sinners. And so then, verse 7, the end of the world is coming soon. Pause. It is entirely possible that, like, this is taken very literally and being like, yeah, like, then the earth's going to explode and, you know, the nuclear war, or, you know, or whatever it is. But this passage is not, ta- is not meant to scare people, okay? When, when you see, hey, the end of the world is coming soon, this is not meant to be like, ah. What this is saying is like, hey, Jesus is coming back, okay? When we see verses like this as Christians, we are supposed to be encouraged to know Jesus is coming back. We should be expectant, we should be waiting and ready for him to come back. And so then it says, therefore, meaning in light of Jesus coming back, knowing he's coming back, he can come back right now, he can come back in a hundred years. It says, therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Meaning, all of us are gifted with different things. But God has has given you your gifts for the good of other people. Not for the good of yourselves, but for the good of other people. Verse 11, do you have the gift of speaking? then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So, from God's word, he, he's told us, hey, he's got a, he's got a whole, like, um, what would you call it, like a tool belt of spiritual gifts. And he's just given gifts out left and right, which is why all of us have a variety of things we're good at. You may be good at video games and other people can't play video games to save their life. You may be good to play soccer, but then like the idea of running more than 20 yards sounds terrifying, you know? Like you may be good at mechanic stuff and I, like if something was gonna go wrong with my car, I would like lift up the hood and be like, yeah, I think the engine's right there, you know? Like anything mechanic oriented is not, not at all a gift that I would say, that I have. But all of us have all of these different gifts, and God says we should use those gifts for the good or the service of others and for the glory of God. Let me say that again. Every gift that is given to us should be used to bring good to others and glory to God. So there's this Christian phrase that we we say is called glorify God, you know, and it's like the verb of bring glory or give glory to God. But the hard part is, is it's like, it's so Christianized. Like we know, like we've heard what that says, but like, what does that actually mean? It's kind of like worship. You know, it's like one of those, like, how do you define it? We say it so often, what does it actually mean? So what we're going to do is I'm going to show you a quote from a super smart Christian. So he, he's, he's smarter than us. So even his quote is super smart and we're going to kind of break it down from there. So this is from a guy, his name's John Piper, and he's just a pastor up in Minnesota. And this is what he says it means to glorify God. It's feeling, thinking, and acting in ways that reflect his greatness, God's greatness, that make much of God, that give evidence of the supreme greatness of all his attributes, 
and the all-satisfying beauty of his manifold perfections. Yeah, so his quotes are wild, right? But what is this saying? This is saying how you glorify God is thinking, feeling, acting, anything, and doing those things in a way where all it does is it gives a glimpse of how God is perfect in whatever that thing is. So it would be like, hey, I will glorify God by public speaking, okay? I'm gonna use the gift that God has and I'm gonna use this for God's glory. So whenever I talk, whenever I do a thing, I'm gonna use this as an opportunity to tell people, hey, God is amazing. Like, when it, I love this, when it says supreme greatness, it's like, think of great, it's the perfect version of it. It's beyond, it's not even on our charts for how amazingly great he is. His beauty is satisfying. It's like, I love God so much for who he is and what he's done. And so when it says, hey, that you need to glorify God, we get to glorify God, is the question of how can you use the gifts that God's given you, the talent, the passion, the dreams, the desires, how can you use those gifts and then point those to God and be like, yeah, but God's perfect in this. Like this reflects God's greatness in a really, really, really cool way. And so here is my question for you. And this is actually how we're going to spend, you know, the, our, your small group time, the, a big chunk of your small group time. Oh man, that's raining, raining. Here we go. Here's the question for small groups. How will you use your gifts for the good of others and the glory of God? So these things that you have, that you have written down, how will you use those gifts, those things that God has wired you, like everything that, we, that makes us us is a gift from God, how will we use those gifts for the good of others and the glory of God? So um, let me give you uh, an example. Let's go to uh, that next slide, that next picture. Here, here's just an example. Um, I... Uh, I don't want to say spiritualized it, but I, everything that I wrote about myself, then I found scripture where it says, this is what God says how you should use this gift. So if I'm optimistic, right, how can I use this for the good of others and the glory of God? Well, I can encourage other people. When people are, are negative or they're not thinking like, man, how is God good in all this? I can encourage them. And these verses like 1 Thessalonians and Romans and Hebrews are all about encouraging other people. And so same thing for public speaker. I can use that for encouraging people, preaching, teaching. Um, if I'm smart, I can correctly handle the word. I can prepare myself and other people to give an answer. This is just a page before. For cooking, how, how in the world do you use cooking for the good of others and the glory of God? That one was almost the easiest one. Food's amazing. And so I can thank God being like, God, why in the world? Like, you know the God like seasoned his food? Like, it specifically says in the Bible that manna tasted the specific way. You know why? Because God loves seasoning, and so we're going to season our food for the glory of God. But what I'm saying is, it's like, I can show hospitality in cooking. I can be like, hey, I'm going to glorify God by cooking you good food. We ain't, we're not eating mid-food. We're eating good food, and we're going to thank God for it. All of these things, all the things that you have on your list, we're going to talk in our small groups of how do you Use those gifts for the glory of God and the good of other people. But as we close, um, I just want to share this. 
that all of this, me saying that your purpose is to glorify God by using the gifts that he's given you, is all dependent on whether or not you actually want to glorify God. Everything, everything depends on the question of, do you want your life to be completely dedicated for every thought, feeling, and action to be for the good of other people and the glory of God? Because if, if that's what you want to do, praise God, let's do it. That's, that is literally, what I would say is the, the whole point of the Christian life is using all of our gifts to then tell other people how great God is. But what about the people that don't know God? What about the people who don't care, don't give a rip about whether like glorifying God? Or maybe you're even a follower of Jesus and you're like, everything to glorify God? How I do my homework to glorify God? How I fix a car to glorify God? How I play soccer for the glory of God? Friends, you will only want to sell your life out for the glory of God if you have personally seen God's greatness and satisfying beauty, like what that quote says. If you've really seen how amazing God is, that, that God loved you, uh, uh, us, sinners and rebels, so much that he sent Jesus to die for us, and then if we just trust in him, we, we ask him for, his, for forgiveness, and we say, God, whatever you want in my life, you are the Lord of my life. It says that he saves us and forgives us. If you have tasted and seen that God is good and all of that, then our whole life, it's almost easy to be like, man, I want you to know my great God like I do. But that all depends on if you have personally seen God's greatness and God's goodness. So friends, if you are a follower of Jesus, you've trusted in him for the forgiveness of your sins, let's use our gifts for the glory of God and the good of others. And if you don't know Jesus, I, I want nothing more than to invite you to see my Jesus the way that the Bible just clearly tells it. Like, I want you to know God like I know God. I want you to, to know his all-satisfying, all-perfect grace and goodness and kindness. If you've never done that, talk to your small group leader about how, how do you do that? What does that mean? What does that look like? And for everyone else, we're going to spend our time going over this of how do we use our gifts for the glory of God and the good of others. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that uh, you just got all of the glory for what was just said. God, I ask that this ministry, that my life, that all of our lives would only be dedicated to giving you glory. God, I pray if there's anyone here that doesn't know you like that, that they would just surrender their life to you today. They would ask questions that, that they would know that it's okay to not believe like we believe, but God, I pray that they would be curious, that they would ask questions, and I pray that you would open their eyes to see how amazing of a Savior and God and friend and King that you are. God, I pray that we would go out and we would use the gifts that you have given us for your glory, for our joy, 
and the world's good. In Jesus' name, amen.